Breathe in empathy. Breathe out peace. Everyone is the same as you. Nobody wants to suffer. Everyone wants to be happy. Nobody wants to live in fear. We are the same. Whether living in areas of peace or areas of war, mentally and physically and geographically. Why is it that we always say rest in peace, but we don't apply peace to anything else? Why can't we live in peace? Why can't we love in peace? Why can't we debate in peace? Why can't we explore in peace? May your moments be peaceful. May your days be peaceful. May you bring peace to all aspects of your life, now and forever. I am Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack What you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking A few years ago, I think it may have been 2016, 15 At the World Domination Summit, John Acuff um, did a a speech, and the guy is brilliant. If you haven't read any of his stuff, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, but I remember him saying, "Children think that we need some money. Adults think that we need enough money. Who's correct?" And it always stuck with me because. As a child, you're not worried about so many different things that you think you need more and more and more. You're still in that mindset of like, I just need some money to be able to do what I need to do right now. What if what if all of our lives worked like that? The biggest distraction preventing us from a true life of living on our terms is the idea that money can get us there alone. We put too much faith into fake-ass passion projects because we think in our head that they are the ones that are going to make us rich, solving all of our problems. I call these fake passion projects because our love for them is sparked and restrained by our lust for the big eyes of a life-changing monetary boost. We ignore our family and our friends in the moments that make life beautiful. Magic lies within a lifestyle with no strings attached. True happiness is in the magic of doing and being just as we please, regardless of the monetary outcome. Of course, attracting money is brilliant. 
Of course, we want to create affirmations around prosperity and abundance and tie our emotions to them and believe in them and then make that relationship with all of the money in the universe and create infinite amounts so that we can live to our highest potential and that we can help more people on a larger scale. Of course. If you can see through the transparency of the big green idea, though, that is when you're going to find success to shape your life around. That is real happiness. This is where love exists. Remember, there will never be enough money, but there will always be some. And some is enough to live the life of your dreams forever. It's a constant stream. If you learn where that stream is and you learn to visit it, to visit it and to not get greedy, it's always going to be there waiting for your boat. Always, always going to be there waiting for you. To take that fucking kayak down and pop it off the waterfall. I am really, really excited to share the interview today with you as I have been studying and kind of geeking out, nerding out a little bit about learning and moving into more video production. So for anybody that saw the Rage Create video that we did at RageCreate.com, it's up. Um, it was kind of like our first shot at doing a promo video. And I did that with one of my friends, Jeremy, who is a professional videographer. So like, I don't have talents or skills like that, but it inspired the shit out of me and it was fun. And I realized that the next phase going from writing and, and podcasting, um, to kind of leveling up skill sets is to do video production. And it kind of creates a whole new avenue for me. And as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about people that were in my life that have found success in using video production um, to pursue their passions. One of those guys is Matt Gunnison, who I found through the online Amazon selling kind of avenue in the community that's online. And he's a very trustworthy dude. There's not a lot of, I mean, I'm very, I'm super, super fucking skeptical when it comes to online entrepreneurs. And so when I started reaching out and making a relationship with him because I felt like he was trustworthy, things started to flourish and open up and he's just a super nice guy. He did some really nice things for us that allowed me to transition drastically from doing all of my Amazon e-commerce stuff to moving more into a passion business and being able to pull a little bit back from the stuff that I was no longer fired up about. Because I have a certain respect for humble and honest online entrepreneurs in the world, but it does seem like there's a lot of inauthentic, fluffy shit out there. And if I come across someone teaching me something that interests me, the first thing I do is stalk them with like five web hackers, three hired private investigators at least, a few fake Tinder accounts that are dialed into about 10 miles of their residence so I can really get a good idea of what they like, and probably at least one 12-year-old genius who knows how to obtain hair, saliva, blood, and fecal samples that can be processed in a lab within four hours to reveal genetics and allergies and imbalances and the gut biome and sexual orientation and even music preference. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. 
But every once in a while, I trust someone I meet so much that I don't actually have to send the goons out to complete these ridiculous tasks. And one of those dudes is Matt. And he runs the FBA Couple YouTube channel. He also runs resellforprofits.com. These links are in the show notes at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 33. Hey, 33. Um, Matt, yeah, he helped me out tremendously. And, I, and I'm very grateful for it. And I, yeah, as I transitioned my Amazon business into other projects, projects that I had passion for, like he was there. And, and I noticed that he had a, you know, he kind of just started doing this YouTube thing and I saw that he was having success with it. And it's not that his channel is massive. He's, I think somewhere around four or 5,000 subscribers, which is a good chunk when you're getting started. It's that he uses it to effectively create revenue to pursue his passions. And so I wanted to take somebody to bring into this podcast to share with anybody especially you if you're if you're thinking about maybe moving into video in the future so that you can potentially see that it's not that impossible you don't have to get 80,000 100,000 subscribers on YouTube to make a difference like he's got 4 or 5,000 subscribers he's got some videos up that are getting 2 to 400 views every 48 hours and those videos are passively driving traffic to his courses and other educational platforms that allow him to um, make a living and pursue his passions more. And so I feel like there's a tremendous amount of value in the raw process from the ground up. And that's what Matt and I discuss in this episode. So we're going to get into his journey, um, going from the beginning of selling heaters online to making $80,000 K revenue months on Amazon. And then the basics of getting started on YouTube, why YouTube is great for education and platforms, uh, some of the tools for helping YouTube keywords research, the process of converting your YouTube videos into customer leads, uh, the power of, of Google and YouTube searches over the interruption-based platforms like Facebook, and yeah, selling courses through YouTube, methods for driving traffic to the YouTube channel, the importance of video content and quality, and a little bit of personal habits for optimiz- to for oh my gosh personal habits for optimizing health and relationships cuz you know we all need fucking help with that so yeah i'm going to jump right into this kinky little episode all the show notes heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast enter this week's giveaway you will be entered to win for every week after as well so you enter once and you always are in the drawing to win the prize that we give away I give away a lot of affirmation decks and some other stuff. So heatharmstrong.com forward slash giveaway there. And yeah, check the show notes for all the links mentioned in this. Leave a review if you have a second. We appreciate it. It helps us get to more people. And yeah, let's get kinky. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity stinkity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. (laughs) Let me start at the very beginning. I, I'm like, I'm very much drawn to 
I think video is like a whole nother skill set, right? And if you're you're the type of person I know that's always like creatively trying to find that next skill set that makes you grow internally, but also helps people externally. And there's so many different things you can do with video as far as education um, and learning your own mannerisms and like getting over fears. And it kind of helps you going into public speaking and things like that, which I know you do a lot of. But I was drawn to you because... I, I mean, I have, I have some friends who have like crazy big YouTube channels and I could have easily like gone and tried to like pester them and ask them questions and things like that. But I'm drawn to you because of how humble you are. I mean, just as a person and generally the people that I surround myself with are, are very humble, legit people. And like you spend a lot of time truly caring about your audience and you do it in a way that matters. Um, it's not like you're just splashing stuff out there and, and trying to sell people things. Like I've noticed and I've paid attention. I've studied this type of thing for a long time to know that what you're doing is legit and it's honest. And I, and I appreciate that first. Um, and so when I saw that you had started doing your YouTube stuff, I noticed it. And then I started watching how you were seeing how that was helping you. And, and it's not like you waited to get a hundred thousand subscribers or something before you wanted to sell other people how to do it. You, you literally, as soon as you noticed how well it was working, educate, how help, how much it was working to help you educate others, you're putting that into action to teach them. So I think that's really cool. And obviously you have a very similar background. I don't know what you were doing before you were doing e-commerce, um, but I would like to talk a little bit about how you even got into selling stuff on Amazon and how you transitioned your business models to just educating and helping people with digital products and things like that. And then just some quick things for people that want to um, start with YouTube, essentially, if that's cool. Yeah, of course. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate being on your show, man. It's awesome. Yeah. So were you, what were you doing before you got into the Amazon e-commerce stuff? Uh, yeah. So um, to, to give you the kind of the short version of the story, um, back in 2013, uh, well, let's see, no, 2011, my son was born, right? And so around that time, I was, uh, I was traveling and, and photographing families at a traveling photography business. And I, I go to places like Texas and Ohio and Florida and stuff, and I live in Utah. Um, so there was like whole months, basically, I'd miss seeing my son. And it was really frustrating to me to um, be missing seeing my son grow up. Um, so I got really pissed off and I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. I quit. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'm going to do, uh, internet network marketing uh, around the time there was this uh, company that was offering this internet network marketing where they sold this, uh, $25 blog and it would upsell to like different programs. And I was like, Oh, this is so awesome. I'm going to do this. So a year and a half of that, uh, almost went bankrupt, uh, real close. <laughs> and really, I mean, just failed big time. Every month we just went deeper into debt. And so basically what happened was uh, Sherry was scrolling on Facebook one day and she sees these screenshots of Amazon sales from a friend of ours who had kind of, he was in network marketing too, but he had disappeared for a while and we were wondering what happened to him. So all of a sudden he starts appearing showing all these screenshots of what he's doing with Amazon. And so Sherry and I are like, well, dang, you know, we'd like to learn this, you know? And so we became, uh, he became our mentor and we studied under him and uh, we started getting results. And for us, it was like huge because to go from a solid year and a half of not making any money and working our butts off to actually seeing stuff sell, you know, at first it was, uh, it was the 2013 
uh, in 2014. So around that time, basically there was a shortage of heaters. And, uh, and so a bunch of heaters were selling and we were selling these heaters and, and finding them. Uh, and that's how we got started. So, um, you know, we started selling that and then we learned that was all drop shipping. And then we started to learn um, FBA, you know, and so we started hitting like retail arbitrage. And uh, so then I go out into the stores and do that. And that was really exciting because it was like, you know, then you're getting the emails to say, Amazon ship the item you're sold. It's even better. You know, you don't have to worry about taking care of it like a drop shipping order. Um, Especially for somebody who likes travel like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so to us, it was like really exciting because we were starting to pick up some momentum in the other direction after a solid year and a half of, you know, just the other direction, which was just fail, 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 fail. Um, so yeah, so, um, things started to pick up and, um, you know, we started to see some results and we became, uh, uh, actually coaches for this mentor to help his people because he became, he's not only a, uh, Amazon seller he became a marketer as well and you know helping uh, Amazon sellers get started right and so Sherry and I became coaches for him the uh, the one problem that we were having was Sherry and I are not Christian and not religious in any way and big foundation of this organization a lot of this the people who were in it were you know like-minded people tend to bond together so the founder is very Christian and and all that and all the people were in there and we just kind of felt like we didn't really belong there it wasn't really our our tribe of people right <laughs> yeah and so it was kind of it was another time to kind of take one of those little scary leaps and go out on our own and because we we had realized that we we graduated from retail arbitrage into online arbitrage and we had gotten it down to it's eight to ten hours a month and one of our best months was producing about seventy thousand dollars in sales uh, so we felt like we had a pretty good system going there. Um, and we were like, well, man, we would love to have a course. You know, we saw how, advent how advantageous it is to have a course, you know, because it's an information product. You don't have to ship anything. It's, you know, the, the margins are so great. You can, you can really spend money on ads. Um, you know, it was just, to me, it was really exciting because it was kind of like coming full circle from, when I had tried to do internet network marketing and failed so horribly. And I, I'd see all these people on the stage making all this ridiculous money. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are like, you know, my, I worship these people. They're amazing. Like I want to be one of those people. And yet I couldn't do it. And so, uh, now seeing that I was having some results with the Amazon, I wanted to become one of those people who was making all that money selling info products, you know? <laughs> um, and I just, you know, it also, um, just when we started to bring on students and we started to see the results that they were producing, like they had actually taken what we had taught and actually started to get results with it. Um, it was really exciting. You know, it was like having like a child and watching it grow from a baby into a full adult. And then some of the students, they end up excel, you know, going beyond what we were doing in sales. And it's almost like you're grown up and you're ready to leave the house. I'm so proud of you. Um, so <laughs> yeah. And then just all that. And, you know, um, it just, you know, I just kind of naturally flowed. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of how I got from, from, uh, not doing Amazon to doing Amazon to where I am today. It's eerily similar to my story. Really. 
trying to do so many things, online marketing and, and website development before, but I was also working in the concrete construction industry. I wanted to travel. Um, and then I got to a point where I found somebody who mentored me to get started. And then, yeah, I was down to uh, about eight to 10 hours a week, having it all automated, doing some really nice months. And I never got into making the courses or anything. Um, because of specific reasons that I was trying to stay more true to my writing career and creating like journaling systems and stuff for helping people instead. But it's been, it's been cool, man. And I like, I'm sure we probably crossed paths back then. That was kind of like the wild west of the Amazon, like that 2014, 15, 16, like you said, you started with heaters. I started with like cheese graters or something. Um, buying cheese graters and flipping them. And it was, you know, the profits were a lot higher. And of course, over the past couple of years, if you're doing resale, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller with margin. Um, but there's still a lot of opportunity and there's still a lot of people that make a lot of money doing it. If it's, if it's a passion of theirs, I, I, I'm afraid that if I never want to tell somebody to go do something that they're not passionate about, but things can be a means to an end. And, and if it can, create enough revenue and energy for you to move forward into something else that you love even more than I'm all for that. So you've created yeah, some communities. Point. Yeah, man. Um, you've created some communities around what you're doing. I think a lot of people know your name. I, I, I see that you do a lot of stuff with public speaking and why I brought you on today mainly is because I've noticed that you started your YouTube, right? And mm -hmm. you're teaching people and you're dropping videos and you've done it in a very subtle way, like kind of quiet and you're plugging it in and you're teaching and it's cool. And so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that um, because I think a lot of people could find value in, in video. And I wanted to know at what point in that process when you were selling or switching your models up to do more digital subscriptions or things like that, what point did you realize that sharing on YouTube was going to be a key to helping others? And it was something that you wanted to implement moving forward. Uh, yeah. So basically what happened was in 2017, we officially started selling courses and just like with Amazon trying to do something without a mentor uh, was hurting us. And so uh, we weren't really <laughs> gaining much traction. Right. And so, yeah. I was on YouTube actually, and I was just searching one day, you know, about selling online courses. I think I was searching for some kind of inspiration, uh, inspirational success story, selling online courses. And sure enough, this guy pops up on video and this guy seemed very relatable to me because he was doing only about, you know, 15,000 a month selling courses. Um, and that was more than what I was doing. Right. So I was like, I want to okay. learn from this guy because he's just, you know, he's a step above where I am. Right. Um, and you know, his video is like, you know, is backlit. Like you can't see his face. It's not that great of a video. He's got like his shirt buttoned down. He's got a gold chain necklace. Like, <laughs> you know, I just kind of seemed Legend. like, yeah, just, just like, okay, who is this guy? You know, but he had a way of speaking that he felt very relatable. And I reached out to him. His name's Dave and Dave became our mentor to selling online courses. So what Dave's model was, was YouTube, but actually, you know, YouTube is kind of a long-term play. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like YouTube, you'll gain some traction. 
you know, it takes a little while to get, get really gain traction with it. And so his method of teaching was actually going through Facebook first because you can immediately get in touch with people and actually talk to them. Like it's almost like belly to belly and you can get in front of the right kind of audience that you want. Right. And, and this is organic Facebook I'm talking about. Um, so, so that's what I did is I, I, I started on Facebook, but then I used that to build my YouTube channel. Um, and then, so, but I, what I started to see was, um, a lot of my videos on YouTube, they just suck. I'll just be honest with you. They're not that great, but I do have a couple of them that have done really well because I followed a, a model, a way of doing it. And those are the videos that continue to generate sales and, you know, uh, just after all these time, you know, lead subscriptions and people who really feel like they are excited about this opportunity and they get it and they want to work with us. Um, so does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I, I think everything is kind of built on top of each other, especially when I, when I look back at what, what I was doing, I, you know, started by launching a journaling system while I was doing Amazon stuff and then slowly trying to build up your email list for creatives out there. Like email lists are huge. Um, and now that I have like a, a decent following for writing and podcasting and other types of media, uh, and I don't really have much of a Facebook community, but I can see like, if you do have anything that you've worked on in the past, you can use that audience to kind of boost your early YouTube channel. And you know, that might be getting some people to subscribe or whatever, but ultimately I think I've always noticed that if somebody's starting on YouTube, generally like, you can get a couple videos that take off and it doesn't necessarily mean that your channel is going to blow up. Right. And so it's kind of like being consistent and learning what works and building it out and seeing what happens. Cause I've done YouTube videos since 2014 randomly, but I've never done them with any sort of like structure and they've never done anything good except I did have, I started a YouTube channel when I was like in high school or something or college. And I went back and looked at that, that account the other day. And there were a couple of videos that had like 40, 50,000 views. Oh, nice. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But it was just like me, like falling inside of a McDonald's and throwing my tray of food everywhere. So <laughs> yeah. And like every single, every single thing was like a downvote and all the comments were like, you're the biggest piece of shit. And like, <laughs> YouTubers are right. nasty, man. It's just uh, yeah, it's amazing. They weren't, they weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the Reddit crowd, right? Uh, I've heard, I, I haven't, I, I guess my son, he pays attention more to Reddit than I do, but yeah, I guess they're pretty nasty on Reddit too, huh? Yeah. I mean, they just, it's, it's, I think it's a younger audience overall and they are very outspoken and they know that there's a screen protecting you and they can say whatever they want and their stuff's not going to get deleted. So they just, it is what it is, which is another point. We can talk about that in a little bit too, like how you handle negative comments because you can get the same thing on like an Amazon listing for a review. It's just like, not letting yeah. it affect you basically, but yeah. Yeah. How long? So when, when did you launch your first video? So, yeah, so that was, well, so, okay. So that channel was actually old because, you know, back when my failing network marketing days, I had that channel going from then, but nothing really great was coming from it. In fact, I had a product. If you look at my earliest videos, they're about a product called body belief, which mm -hmm. was this mindset weight loss product that never took off. Um, but I've kept the videos on there because it's great to watch to see how much I've improved uh, <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, you know. Um, and so that was going on. But then when I, I really started getting into it in 2017. So 
So basically what I do is I, I, I created a Facebook group and then I go live inside the Facebook group and live on my wall too, because I'd add friends through my Facebook uh, profile, right? And mm -hmm. I turn those live videos into YouTube videos. Right. Which I saw you do one the other day when Amazon announced their uh, banning of all the inventory that wasn't essential for the next couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like that. So just repurposing the content. And most of the time you're doing a screen share. Is that correct? Showing how to do certain things. So those are my best videos. If you look at some of my best videos, like my, my best video has about 20,000 views. So it's not mm -hmm. that big, right? It's not a, but what I've kind of become good at is not so much the volume as the conversion rate, right? But anyway, my, my videos, like my, one of my videos has about 20,000 views and, and that one is very much, yes, share screen, look at me, watch what I'm doing, this is how it works. Um, and those videos then do tend to do better as far as um, the number of views. Uh, like my best video right now is getting about, uh, well, for a while there was getting about 250 views every 48 hours. Now it's getting about 150 views every 48 hours. And it's about uh, creating your first Amazon FBA shipment. So it's, yeah, it's very much share yeah. the screen, watch me. This is how it works. Big market there. It's, so is the, as a content creator or, or somebody who does have a product on the back of these things, when you're creating the video, I'm guessing like you talked about, you're not going for quantity, but you're more so going for conversion rates. And so for people like us who are creating and trying to share products that we know can help people, um, is it, how, how did the YouTubers react when you do a video and then you pitch something or you, you have some sort of opt-in to get something for free and then maybe it, it, it pitches an upsell later um, or something like that. Have you found yeah, any it. resistance or is it converting pretty well as far as people that are, cause I mean, they're coming to your videos to watch, right. And learn. And so they're probably interested in that topic anyway. It's not yeah. like you're just doing a video and trying to sell them a car or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's a good question. So, you know, I kind of think of each of my videos as like a little mini webinar. So the webinar starts with, Hey, what's in it for me? What am I going to get? Oh, okay. When you watch this video, you're going to get, and then give them the content. And you know, the way they, they say it in internet marketing is you give them the house, but sell them the backyard. Right. So yeah. you've given them every, all the tools, everything they need, but they, but what would really help them is just a little extra help. Or, you know, what would help them was, would be to get on one of our lead lists um, to actually help them accomplish what it is that they want to do. So when you kind of think of it in that way, I think it's kind of natural and, and organic. Um, you know, back when I was failing in network marketing, I would just pitch and that was my problem. <laughs> you know, I was just Mr. Pitch without giving any value. So um, I think it's, I think it's a natural progression as long as it's done in a, in a, an organic Honest. way that honors them and, and also just says, Hey, you know, you know, it's totally cool if you don't want this, you know? Um, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you watch your favorite TV show, they're going to have a commercial in there and, and that's, that's okay. You know, the, they have to, uh, um, pay for the, uh, commercials or the, 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 the content somehow. Right. 
And I've, I mean, it's, it's a really good thing if someone's looking for value and you're creating a, a, a valuable product for them. I've noticed that one thing I learned from you, so I've been working on my first video that I'm going to put up. Um, it's actually about contemplating death and uh, subjects that I get into sometimes are pretty deep. And it's an interesting subject because you want to catch someone's attention at the beginning and allow them to pay attention. But by being kind of aggressive with the, the subject of death, that's kind of a tricky, slippery slope of like, how do you get people not to be scared and run? Or how do you get them to actually pay attention to what you're going to say? And I noticed something that you do is that what you just talked about, you, you kind of give a really quick, brief overview. And I've seen other successful YouTubers do this too, where it's like, this is what you're going to get out of this video. And we're going to talk about this in a second. So hang on. And then it kind of like cuts to your intro thing and then goes, goes to uh, the content. And it's really quick. I've noticed, you know, it's like, people's attention spans on video nowadays are insane. It's like, if you pause for three seconds, they might click exit because they lose attention. <laughs> it's just like absolutely madness. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, one cool. Thanks. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a cool technique. I was just wondering um, what, I guess I should go in like a hierarchy order here. Do you have any reasons? I mean, if for, for the audience that, let's say we're talking to an audience that has something that they've created or they want to create something and eventually get an audience going through video. Uh, why do you think if you could give them like just a couple sentences of why they should be on YouTube, what do you think it would be? Yeah. So, you know, what's great about YouTube I've found is the it's passive. The content that you produce continues to generate, um, uh, you know, advertising or word of mouth or leads uh, for you long after you've produced it. So it has a residual passive effect to it that Instagram or Facebook, uh, those platforms don't have. You, you'll, you'll post the content. I mean, I'm organically I'm talking about. You'll post yeah. the content on those channels, but then it'll have like a shockwave effect, but then eventually it'll go away. And what I like about YouTube is the fact that it has that continual uh passive uh you know uh what's the word i'm looking for just it continues to, to grow um organically so that's what i really like about it um you know one thing what advantage obviously through video is that you're not going to have through say a podcast podcasts are great because you can hear somebody's voice um, video is great because you can see their face <laughs> you can make eye connection you know, with somebody. And when you do that, you, you, you feel you deeply more deeply resonate with somebody, uh, because you feel like you make that connection with them. Um, yeah, I mean, those would probably be my two biggest reasons as far as why I think YouTube, uh, is so great. Um, you know, just yeah, like, think, yeah, go ahead. I was just say, I think another one would be probably that it's still very much the future. You know, like everything is moving more and more to video content and you're seeing more and more video become effective. It's almost like we're getting bored with other types of content. Uh, of course, everyone's always going to read and, and listen to things. But I mean, even myself, I found myself like podcasts that I used to listen to. Now I'm like playing them on YouTube while I'm working just so I can glance every once in a while and see what they're doing, you know, and it's if they're on both platforms, essentially. Um, yeah, that I, makes I sense. The younger generation, like I don't hang out with too many people that are 10 years younger than me per se, but I've noticed that like they're even listening to music on YouTube. Like 
they're not even, it's, it's so weird. They're, they're not like on iTunes or Spotify. They are a little bit, but like I noticed that they'll open YouTube to search for a song. It's like, they don't even listen to full albums anymore. They just search for a song and like play it on YouTube, even if there's no video there, just kind of funny. Uh, so I think there's yeah, a lot you know, of activity. Yeah. And you know, another thing I just thought of, cause you asked that question and you know, sometimes it takes a little delay. Um, but the other thing too, is you, know, you think about what is the number one search engine that's Google, right? Yeah. And people who are on Google, uh, they are, that is a different kind of person because they're actively searching for something. So it's not interruption based marketing like Facebook is, uh, interrupting them based on their interests. Mm -hmm. And so, and then what does Google promote? Well, they promote YouTube, which YouTube is the number two search engine um, as far as what people are actually searching for. So if I'm actively searching, let's say, for example, um, you know, how to sell on Amazon FBA, right? And then I stumble upon somebody's channel, um, you know, that content is going to have uh, kind of a, it's going to penetrate me a little bit deeper based on where I am in my mindset and what I'm thinking. And it's going to, going to hit me more, uh, more powerfully. Dude, that's, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but that's so true. It isn't, it's not interruption based. It is very targeted as far as like what people are looking for. Huh? Yeah. And that's why like my quality, um, you know, I'll have people that just buy my course without, you know, I'd never talked to them or anything like that. They just have been watching my YouTube content, you know, binging on the content, you know, video after video. And they feel like they know me like me, trust me. And, you know, uh, they move forward. So, um, yeah. And they just, they don't have to, they don't, they never message me on Facebook or anything. They just, <laughs> they're already searching for something and, you know, they're, they just tend to be higher quality leads, you know, and everybody right. will tell you that anybody who does uh, YouTube advertising versus Facebook advertising, YouTube advertising is generally generally could be more expensive, but the quality of the leads are higher. Yeah, cool. Interesting. What uh, do you do? You ever find yourself? I guess. Do you ever rely on other? Are you still because I know you can run ads and you have your own audience you've built up? But do you ever? Do you still do the technique of trying to find other influencers or education platforms or channels to? Uh, share your content through? And, and if you do do things like that, or if you're not doing that specifically, is there anything else you're doing that you can see that you've noticed big spikes of traffic come from as far as driving traffic to your channel? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And uh, when I was, <laughs> so as we had talked about part of the podcast, I'm kind of changing directions right now. But when I was first getting into it, like I was super passionate about building the Amazon consulting business. And yeah, that was definitely helpful. I would partner with JV partners um, uh, and, you know, just kind of uh, join together with other uh, influencers in the same space to help broaden my audience. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, definitely recommend that. It's, it's, you know, one of the faster ways to grow your audience is definitely, you know, find influencers who are in your space and band together. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I think the, I guess the angle with that would be to create something that's good enough content for their audience. that's going to help them before you approach them. Cause I, I mean, I know that if someone approaches me for something or I'm approaching someone, it's usually like, if you just go and you're like, Hey, please share this with your audience. It's not ever going to work. 
you have to provide some sort of value. So that's the first thing you got to figure out is how to create your best content for your own audience. But also if you're going to share it and get people to drive traffic your way, you need to do something that interests their audience as well, or it's never going to work. hundred percent. Yeah. Like if you can follow those influencers and find out what they're all about and what they talk about and notice where the pain is that they're not able to provide uh, solutions to, and you are able to provide the solution to that pain, you know, you're a good fit for that influencer for sure. The pain. The pain. <laughs> the masochist. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, what do you think, do you have any things that you've ever done with your channel that you noticed uh, directly impacted like the biggest surges of new subscribers that you've had come in? Yeah. So like my biggest video right now, as far as the number of views it's getting, it's growing pretty fast. It's like I said, it's getting about 150 views every 48 hours. Um, that's so awesome. Like if just to think about, because you make it once and then you get that, especially if you have a product tied to it, that helps people like they can access that. And that's how many people are seeing eyeballs on it. Not only are they getting to know you cause it's video, but it's actually pushing people to it. Sorry. I got excited there. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, so that one is, uh, it's just all about creating an Amazon FBA shipment. So, um, so yeah, it just starts out with, Hey, you know, this is, you know, this is what you're going to get just like we had talked about and then just goes straight into showing them, you know, how it's done. And with some calls to action, uh, if you enjoy this content, subscribe to the channel for this video, more likes, uh, and you know, because the keyword placement has done well on that because it's good content, um, uh, because the description is right in the video, um, that video has just nailed it. And that video is being shown like in the top 10 search results for many terms that are being searched for uh, by creating an Amazon FBA shipment or I forget what the terms are, but it's being found in multiple places. And then of course, um, the the other part is not just what people are searching for, but what's called the suggested video search. So that means when you're familiar with that, right? When somebody's searching for watching a video and then on the right side, there's all these suggested videos. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you get found. So uh, from my understanding, so there, actually, go ahead. As you say, is there any sort of like research that you're doing before you pick the keywords and the titles yeah. and stuff that you use? Yeah, so um, I just recently bought a course from uh, Sunny Lynn Narduzzi. She's got about almost 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. She has a great um, uh, training on YouTube. And uh, she uses uh, keywords everywhere. And she uses uh, TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy helps you understand uh, what kind of uh, uh, like uh, demand or supply, I should say, what kind of supply there is for the keyword you're trying to rank for. And then keywords everywhere is going to help you understand what kind of demand is there for the keywords. Um, that you're searching for. And obviously you want to find keywords that have high demand and low supply, right? You'll rank easier. You'll be found easier uh, for videos like that. Oh man, I'm going to nerd out so hard on this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have, you have a, an actual course yourself, like a introduction course to getting started on YouTube, correct? 
I do. Yeah. Well, I'm actually in the middle of creating it. So right now I'm just helping folks uh, on a one-to-one -one basis and soon I'll have a course, uh, you know, an actual course as well. Well, if you get, do you have the, the two hour, you had an audio, uh, like a kind of preview to it done. Yeah. Do you set that opt, opt in up anywhere? Uh, yes. Or was it just a direct message type thing that you'd done? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if anybody's interested, who's listening, just send me a message on Facebook and I can get you the, the audio course if you want. Um, yeah. If you, if you do get an opt in up later and if you want, I'll just backlink it from my site because every backlink helps no matter conversion rates too. So just send it over to cool. me. Cool. Appreciate that. Show notes. Um, yeah. And I will link your Facebook in the notes as well so that they know the right person. But I think you're pretty unique, so you're easy to find. Um, oh, thanks, I appreciate that. I think you're pretty unique too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, doesn't follow directions has been a description from my childhood, but it's it's good for creativity, right? Um, yeah. I guess if there's somebody that's going to start getting into YouTube and I don't know how, how much you nerd out on this or how important it really is. But I think a lot of people like to create this giant bubble of resistance because they think like I have to have this perfect mic and I have to have a green screen. And I need to do all these insane things or I'm never going to be able to compete. What do you think about just like the MVP of like just fucking getting started putting, putting a quick video up and just sharing it and not worrying so much, but like tweaking and learning from there as opposed to, trying to perfect everything before you launch your first video. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's just best to just get going because you'll get in the habit of it. And if you're in the habit of doing something, then you'll just get better along because I've looked at it the other way. We will get it all right and perfect and then, and strategize and then produce it. And the problem is I found that if I do that, I usually don't take action because I'm too busy strategizing and learning. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's I think like, it's like problem with everything right yeah so i think you're right i think it's better to just take action and then evaluate the actions that you have taken and see how you can improve and get better um yeah is there a basic i mean, I mean like i'm using my iphone camera right and yeah. my first couple of videos i was just using the iphone's microphone but i did just order like a 70 dollar apple mic to hook up to my phone to make it a little bit better is there anything like any basic equipment recommendations that you have, or is it pretty much just like, what are you using? You're using a screen recorder, right? Too, when you're sharing your screen. Yep. I use zoom and iPhone. Yep. That's I it. Use zoom. I, I, I always, I, you know, I go straight to loom for some reason, but I have zoom. I always wondered that's so much smarter because it's probably actually much quicker file download and all that. Um, there is a zoom free plan for anyone listening. I think you can do screen share on the free plan. I'm not positive about that. Uh, it just limits you on the number of people you can have on a call while you're recording. I think it's like no more than three on the free plan. Uh, yeah, it's a great tool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you think, so just, this is kind of like a quick question, a video with really good content and shitty sound and video quality versus a video with perfect sound and video quality and shitty content, which one outperforms? Well, when you say shitty sound, do you mean like you can't really hear that person? Yeah, I mean, just like if you took your phone and recorded, like it wouldn't be terrible oh, yeah. where somebody's like farting in the background and like screaming and you can't hear anything. 
Yeah. More so well, just like average course, sound, I guess. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, it's all about the context and who you're marketing to. Like you could take two different kinds of channels, right? Um, one of the people I, I really admire and, and follow is Ty Lopez. Now, Ty Lopez, yeah. his best video is just him with his iPhone in the garage showing his Lamborghini and his, all his books, right? It's one of his best videos. Um, and that, you know, so was there any special equipment in that? No. There, was there any special editing in that? No. It, it wasn't necessary. Um, you know, the point got measured across and it actually was a little bit stronger maybe without all that editing stuff. Now, another channel that would be the exact opposite where the editing really does help is like film theory. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that channel, but something my son watches all the time. And it's really, you know, just creative content. But, you know, that's an example where the editing definitely helps to make it much more solid and convey the message much more and better. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of fitting what works for your style, probably, and, and just understanding that getting started is better than worrying about your quality so much because you can always tweak as you go. Winning is beginning and anything else is kind of just resistance. It's very easy for us to like read that one more book or read one more blog post or watch one more video of how to do something and think that we're helping ourselves move towards it by education. But in reality, we're just using that kind of shit as resistance to actually taking action. It's a trap that a lot of people fall in forever. And I've been victim of it many times myself. But when you actually start doing, that's when you really, really, truly learn. And then if you start doing and helping others do, then that's when you start opening up avenues that kind of explode all aspects of your life. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, you learn so much through action. Have you ever used green screens or anything? No. Uh-uh. Uh, I, I'm... I found out that apparently it's not as hard as I would have, I was thinking it is. And you can buy a couple of kits on Amazon to come with all the lights and the umbrellas and the screens for, you know, around a hundred, $120. So I'm considering screwing around with that a little bit once I get into it, just because I don't have a lot of places to like record in my apartment and the lighting's really shitty. And I'm just wondering how much that can, it's more of like the nerd side of me, like being like, Oh, what can we do with this thing? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I've been playing around <laughs> with the uh, video editing and I've been having fun with that. Um, yeah. I have a video coming out soon where there's like a ton of video editing in it. And it's, I'm pretty proud of it because, you know, I, I did a lot of work on it and, you know, wrote out the script for it and everything. So you have to share it with me and I'll, and I'll check it out. I'm interested. Yeah, it's all about the 80-20 uh, principle. Right. And there was another thing I just learned and I, I don't know if, so this was, you know how if you if you start a new youtube channel and you have a subscribe button i think it's javascript right so it's not like you can copy that button and share it externally from youtube you have to drive people to the page and have them click it but i did just figure out how to actually make that into a hyperlink so that you can share it externally and if somebody clicks it it takes them to your subscribe page and actually has the pop up come up that says confirm your subscription so that if you're driving somebody to your page, they don't actually have to click the button, almost like a double opt-in. Instead, it's already given them the pop-up. And if they've clicked your link and they're interested in you, why would they not just go ahead and click subscribe? So if you're trying to figure out ways to get people that are not coming through YouTube organic, but through your other audiences or your email list or something, it seems like it could be helpful. I'm not sure if it's against YouTube's terms or anything, but I don't see 
I don't see any reason why it would be um, because they're still consenting. That's the first I've heard of that. That's cool. I'll share it with you. Yeah, it's really easy. It's just a matter of editing your hyperlink to your channel. It's just a little bit of code you put on the end of it and it works. Um, So cool, man. I guess my own, to wrap it up, my last question would be, I heard you mention habits a little bit and I'm very much, this show is mainly about personal optimization um, and helping yourself just become the best version of yourself so that you can think mentally clearly become happier. Are there any personal habits or practices that you have in place that you think are kind of the anchor of your productivity and your ability to continue to create and move forward? Ah, great question. Yeah. Cause that's, that's super key and super important, you know, because without that stuff, I think what happens is if we get into projects, we kind of don't really feel like we're gaining traction and then we quit or, you know, that often happens. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not the, like, I'm getting better at it. Right. But there's uh, one of the people I follow, his name is Garrett White. Um, he has called what's called the wake up warrior movement. And it's all geared towards the married businessman. And he talks about these eight core things or these uh, four core things, your body, your being, your business and your balance. And all of these things are like points that you can get for yourself that if you do these things, he calls it core four before you hit the door. In other words, do these things before you actually take action inside your business. So yeah, for me, it's, it's drink a green smoothie. Uh, it's, it's hard. I don't do it all the time, but when I, I do, I feel that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> but when I do do that, I feel, you know, better. It's like, as you know, you know, we, we, we so much of our uh, energy is used uh, in digestion. It takes energy away from our brain and our thinking power. So mm-hmm. if we can flush out the shit from our intestines, um, it helps us, you know, become like these super thinkers. Um, so, so along with that, it would be, you know, physical exercise. Like I usually exercise about five days a week because it helps basically steer the crazy away from myself. Um, it's like, I can't even think straight sometimes unless I get a good solid sweat going. So either exercise or yoga meditation, of course, is very nice. Just a time to you know, feel either really grateful or just be really present um, with yourself. Um, that, of course, is, is really helpful. Um, listening or some personal development or something new, learning some kind of new skill set. Um, looking at my goals and just kind of visualizing those as if they've already happened. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> sending sending my wife and my son like some text messages that just tell them I love you and I appreciate you for, you know, doing something that you did recently. Um, so those are the habits as far as what helps me um, get into a good state of mind before um, actually doing the work, the actual work, you know, the shooting a YouTube video, for example. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting when I don't do my core, like morning things like that, how much different my days feel. I can feel like my head's going to explode and the inflammation in my body is more, I can't think as clear. Uh, all of those things are really, really important that you just listed. And I, it, you're the last one about the appreciation with the wife and the son. I, when I was in Indonesia uh, last year, I heard there was, I met this little girl who was just unbelievably brilliant. She was like 10 or 11, 12, maybe her name was Anale Swan and Hanalei, uh, 
her parents had raised her traveling around the world and they were from the States, but they kind of restructured their marriage when they were having trouble and decided that they were going to raise her by full-time traveling. And she has grown up to be the most like, because she's always spent so much time in these foreign cultures and in, in every way possible, like in the rawest form, her, the wisdom that this little kid has is insane. And she was giving speeches and I thought I was listening. I mean, I thought I was listening to somebody who could easily be a president, you know, like just at this age, I've never heard a child speak like this girl could speak. And her father gave a speech too. And he said, you know, having this family together is the most important thing for all of us, because if we weren't this close, then all of three legs of us would fall apart. But the most important thing that I can tell anyone to do is anybody who's close to them, whether you have a wife or children or you have parents or you have best friends is to simply write out a paragraph about how appreciative you are of them every single day and send it to them. Um, that's obviously what he was doing for like his wife and his daughter. But if it's somebody who's closer to you, like a friend, maybe it's once a week, but like always showing your appreciation through some sort of creative outlet. And specifically, not only is that helping you remember the importance and the gratitude, but it actually means so much to the person receiving it as well. And I think that's what holds bonds together and keeps this collective consciousness. Like we need help right now. Everybody is being very much, um, it's, it's a tough time, right? And I think that if everybody had strength like that, then the way that marriages would operate and the way that families would operate would be drastically different, which would affect things on a large scale. So that's cool, man. Super beautiful. Yeah. I love what you just said there. Absolutely. It's almost as like, uh, there's two different sides of me. It's like, there's this crazy disorganized can't do shit. Like he's just not very high functioning person. And like, I have to let him go every single day and in order to create the version of Matt that I want to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, man. We all have a shadow. Yeah. And it's it's something that we can't escape. It's more about learning how to love your your shadow side mm-hmm. over anything else. And if you can love the bad things about yourself, then that just kind of fulfills your self-love core. And when you love yourself, it's easier to go out and and exchange love with other people. And mm-hmm. when you don't love yourself, it's very, very hard. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, dude, I appreciate it, man. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. to suck your toe. Ooh. Welcome to Todd's Nursery Rhyme Hour. For all the show notes, it's heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. As you know, you can find Heath on social media at Heath Fist Pumps. Not to be confused with Hat Heath Fists, although I'm sure that's a kinky account as well. And enter the giveaway at heatharmstrong.com forward slash giveaway because you might not know what kind of 
Toys, you're gonna get in the mail. Ooh, yeah. You can catch me on Grinder um, at Todd, and I will chat with you there. Ta-ta! <laughs>